Hello to my fellow witches and bad bitches. I'm Luna Saranova, and I'm here to chat about my experiences as a modern witch and my journey to embrace my inner bad bitch. If you want to learn more about harnessing your divine femininity and becoming unapologetically authentic, this is the place for you. I will be discussing all things witchy and all things bad bitchy, so if that sounds like your cup of tea, you're in the right place. Make sure to follow me at Luna Saranova on all platforms, including YouTube, for even more special content. You can support me and my podcast at my Patreon, where you will get tons of extra goodies, including early access to podcast and YouTube videos, exclusive access to members-only content, including tarot readings, livestream Q&As, group rituals, book clubs, and even more. So on that note, welcome to Good Witch, Bad Bitch. Hello, friends. Welcome back. It's another episode of Good Witch, Bad Bitch. I'm excited to be here and be with you guys. Um, Happy February. Happy Imbolc. As I'm filming this, it's the second. Two, 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 two. (laughs) Um, So... Last day of in bulk here, and I didn't do too much yesterday. I did a little bit of like journaling and like light stuff, um, just kind of falling over from like the new moon and stuff. But I think today, uh, my husband and I planted seeds in our little microgreens garden, and I think I'm gonna try to make some candies or I don't know, do a little something in the kitchen, even if it's just like making a tea, just taking it easy. Um, But yeah, so excited. Uh, I just wanted to share a funny story with you guys before we get started. Um, Okay, so last week, like Friday, first of all, I was like very unmotivated and I was just like, man, struggling to do anything. Um, And then my, I'm like editing videos and I was just like really frustrated and my computer charger just like stopped working and it, it was coming. Like if you have cats, and you have a computer charger, you know what I'm saying. Like, the charger was definitely very much near death for a while. And I have been talking for probably the last like six months about getting a new laptop because mine was pretty old. Um, and, you know, it was just old and I used my laptop for literally everything. So I was like, okay, I think this is a sign A to friggin' take a break because obviously I'm stressing, but also to invest in a new laptop, which so exciting, so worth celebrating, especially, I don't know, just for me, that's just a big achievement to be able to afford and upgrade something that helps my business and helps me to create better content and, you know, just do things easier. So, so excited. Amazon was like, had the exact laptop I wanted in the exact color, one day freaking free shipping. So I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Uh, so I get it. Then when I get it, I realize, shit, fuck, I need my other laptop to be charged to get like my Final Cut Pro and like all my shit, like all my shit is on my other laptop and I cannot access it. Fuck. So, you know, I just was like, okay, shit, had to go. Yeah. I actually spent like two hours trying to like revive this charger so that I could get my computer up, but didn't work. Had to go to an Apple store and buy the old charger. 
which is $80. That's part of the reason I went ahead and just invested in a new laptop. The old laptop chargers are 80 fucking dollars. And like a new MacBook's like a thousand. It's like 10% of the total price. Not really, but basically. Um, anyway, and uh, so I had to go buy a new charger. I'm going to return it, obviously. But then I charged my laptop, uh, moved everything over. Hell yeah, I can finally edit my video from four days ago that I was trying to edit. Uh, and then I realized, holy fucking shit, my new MacBook does not have a USB port or a freaking SD card holder. And I know this is probably like, I don't know. I don't know how common those things are for people who don't like use SD cards for like videos and stuff. Um, but the, I, I literally use USB for my mic that I'm talking on right now, um, you know, for connecting things from my phone to my computer. I use the SD card for all my videos, like all my professional pictures. So I was like, holy fucking shit. It was a complete Mercury retrograde conundrum. And I was not laughing like this. <laughs> okay. I was very upset, but it's funny now because I just got the extender needed. It's just so funny to me that like I bought this laptop and I didn't even think about, does it have an SD card holder? Does it have a USB port? Because in my head, I was like, those are just things you have. Anyway, that's my silly freaking conundrum of a weekend. Uh, I was thankful it happened on a weekend. No, you know, I don't do tarot or astrology readings on the weekends. So like, thank God there was nothing. Like I would have been so much more stressed if I had readings or meetings or, you know, podcast guests or something. It would have been very frustrating. Thankfully, I only got a little bit behind. Um, and that was already, I already was, so it's fine. Anyway, I thought that was a really funny Mercury retrograde story. Let's get started into the episode today, you guys. Since it is February, it is Valentine's month. And sheesh, if you guys are on my email list, by the way, um, if you go to my website and if you want a free little ebook on um, your starter kit to becoming a good witch, bad bitch, free little ebook that I'm offering for everybody who signs up for my newsletter. I literally don't spam you. I can only send like three emails a month with my payment plan. So uh, I only send emails about hot shit. So don't worry. Um, but if you want that free ebook, feel free to sign up for my email list. You'll also get exclusive discounts on, um, you know, everything I do. And you'll be the first to know about super exciting things coming. And uh, hint, hint, if there's any workshops or group rituals coming up, you'll be the first to know. So uh, yeah, you'll get a free ebook from that. So definitely do that. But I just sent out an email about Valentine's month because that's literally what I call it. Uh, I'm obsessed with Valentine's day. It's been one of my favorite holidays since I was a kid. Uh, when I was like in fifth grade, me and my best friend didn't have boyfriends or anything, obviously, but we like went out and bought each other Valentine's Day presents. And my parents would always give us little gift baskets filled with candy and stuff. Uh, it's just such, I just have a lot of happy memories about Valentine's Day and none of it revolves around relationships or anything. I've just had very like normal romantic interactions on Valentine's Days, but I just love it because it's an excuse to be lovey-dovey. My Pisces moon thrives um, and you can be romantic to yourself. It's not about, it doesn't have to be romantic with like a partner. It can be platonic with your friends, which is so, so important. And it can also be self-love. So I have so much content planned for this month which is a little bit stressful, but I'm so excited for it. And that's why I'm stressing myself out over it because there's so much I want to do. Uh, so 
yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I will also be doing 11% off all of my astrology love compatibility readings until Valentine's Day. Um, I'll put the code in the show notes because I don't remember the code. But um, yeah, you can get 11% off. Super cute gift for a partner. Also, you don't have to do it with a partner if you just kind of want to peek into you and your partner's love compatibility. Um I do ask that everyone like consents to having their chart read, but if your partner is not like into astrology, but they don't care, like absolutely it can be for yourself. Um, but yeah, super cute. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, let's get into the topic. Okay. So I thought the perfect first podcast episode for love month, Valentine's month would be all about sex magic and being a sacred enchantress. So I haven't talked about this topic much online and that's something I super want to change because it's something that's so interesting to me and I am an Aries. (laughs) Um, I'm an Aries Mars, if you know what that means. Uh, So I you know, Mars is the planet of sexuality and passion and aggression. So having the fiery sign of Aries and Mars, I'm very passionate about sex. I love it. Um, I've always been kind of an open book with my friends. And I always think it's funny when people tell me about their sex lives and they're like, oh, sorry, I don't want to like, I'm like, no, you literally can't say anything that'll weird me out. Like, my Venus is an Aquarius. My Mars is an Aries. You literally cannot freak me out. Um, I've also been reading the book Sex Witch by Sophie St. Thomas, and it's been inspiring me and really getting me into this. Um, so little, I guess, disclaimer, we will talk about sex. So uh, I don't know. If you don't want people to hear maybe put in headphones. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to get like weirdly explicit, but we are going to talk about sex. And I encourage you to actually, you know, figure out like, it doesn't need to, like, I don't, I don't know. We don't need to be weird about sex. It's so, it's as natural as eating food. It literally is. Society's tried to make us feel weird about it. We don't need to be weird about it. It's not something that should be hidden. It's a natural human process. Um, We have natural urges towards sex. That's literally just how our anatomy is. Um, So there's nothing to be embarrassed about or uh, like feel like you need to hide it. So I know that's like, I'm not trying to tell you to not be, you know, secretive about it, especially if you're like, I don't know, in a situation where you don't want people to hear you. Like if you're at work, probably don't play this out loud. Anyway, okay, let's just get started. So let's let's first just figure the basics out. Okay, if you're new here, you don't know, you know, anything about sex magic. Uh, like I said, I haven't talked about it. So you could be a returning moon fam and not know about it. Let's just chat. So what is sex magic? Um, so basically, let's talk about the human body. <laughs> so orgasms and arousal energy as we probably know if you felt the feeling it's very potent energy right it's super super potent um i kind of have a theory on why sexual repression was such a thing and it's not really a theory it's kind of been proven if you're interested in some more of this like why sexual repression is a thing and you're looking for a slight historical 
view of it, I highly recommend Witches, Sluts, Feminists. It's a great book. Um, I I kind of think that like the patriarchy, I know I always be harping on the patriarchy, but the patriarchy really like, I think uh, early, early, early on, because way back in the day, pagan religions were all about sex. Woo, all about it. All about the goddess, all about sex. They knew how to have a good time. Then when like Christianity came into the figure, they really, uh, and this isn't to trash on like genuine Christianity, but more of like the uh, church's involvement and the idea of sin and purity and all that getting crazy. It really became this like, we need to control these people. They have too much power. And there was a lot of belief that uh, witches, and we'll talk about this a bit in a second, but uh, witches back when they were doing the witch hunts got their power from sexual energy, which I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't there in this life, um, but I think it's probably sex magic is probably more of a thing now than it was in the past, um, at least in those cases, because lots of times the you know witch trials were not actually targeting real witches. They were just targeting um, the outcasts of society. So anyway, my theory on why sexual repression was a thing is because that people realized very early on that there is a lot of individualism and power that comes from owning your sexuality and uh, enjoying it, right? If a woman enjoys sex, she's not going to stay with a shitty man. You know, I don't know, maybe that's a weird thing to say, (laughs) but that was like a big thing. Um, Like women's sexual uh, enjoyment was not a thing for most of, uh, you know, since Christianity has been a thing up until honestly pretty recently. Um, so, whoa, let's go back. Sex, sex magic is harnessing that powerful sexual energy that comes from orgasms or even just heightened arousal because it is such a potent energy, using that, harnessing it, using it to achieve a desired result. Um, it does not have to be um, like, okay, how do I say The sex magic can be uh, to, for example, get a good job. It doesn't have to be based around sex. It doesn't have to be to find a sex partner or to find someone you love or to feel more attractive. It can literally be for finding a new home or anything. Um, it's not inherently sexual. I know that's kind of silly to say. It's literally just using that energy. Um couple of other like FAQs about sex magic. Um, It's, you don't have to do it alone, but it's often done alone. Um, You can do it solo. You can do it with a partner who is like in on it and helping if they're also a witch. Um, Or you can do it with a partner who is not a witch and just kind of like be doing your own thing. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like having your own intention. they don't have to be like in on it or anything. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably a good introduction of what sex magic is. I think a big thing that I was curious about when I first um, was learning about sex magic was like, okay, do you have to be like, you know, like when you're doing a spell, you're super focused on like visualization. What is the result going to be? Do you have to do that when you're doing sex magic? Because that's a lot to think about while getting down and dirty uh and you don't you can you can like absolutely uh 
if it's if it's like if it helps you to visualize sexy things like you can absolutely do that just once you reach your like heightened energy that's when you really really want to focus in on that visualization of what you're trying to achieve um so yeah that's a bit of a basic about sex magic there is so much interesting history about sex magic and i think it's uh, kind of like i said before i think it's so interesting because i don't think sex magic was as big of a thing back in the witch hunts as it is now um but a big belief in the witch hunt era was that to become a witch basically women would literally sleep with the devil to gain their magical powers um and when you look at this with like a historical viewpoint you can pretty easily see that this is just fear of female sexuality. People just did not want women to like experience sexual pleasure because it's harder to control somebody when they're liberated. Um, and they really created this very interesting story <laughs> that women were like literally physically having sex with the devil to gain their powers, which is pretty metal. Like, I don't know if someone told me that they like, fucked satan to become a witch i'd be like that's cool <laughs> i don't know that's probably some some christian out there is watching this and they're like oh my god it's real um i just think that's a silly silly story and there's so much uh and i've just recently come to find this out from the book which is that's feminist which i keep talking about but it's great they in the book she has different artistic interpretations throughout the years of there was just like all this art that these like christian men would make depicting women performing their sexy witch acts and it's so funny because it's like it's like pretty graphic sexual imagery of like women and the devil just like banging and i'm like you really made that like as propaganda against it, this is so interesting. It's so interesting. Um, so I, I highly recommend that book if you're interested. Um, something that is very, very interesting about, you know, the witch hunt era and sex magic is we, we find the, the trope of like women witches, I should say, on like riding broomsticks. Have you ever wondered how that trope came about? Like why why does why does media view witches as like riding in the sky on a broomstick? Where did that come from? Well, it has a sexy background. <laughs> I think this is really silly. Um so basically there was something called flying ointment, which is something still used today very differently, though. So flying ointment, which was used back, I want to say like, oh, I don't know, 16, 1700s. Um, and it was this mixture of it was like a solve with different herbs, but it was lots of toxic herbs. It was used to have a sort of psychedelic effect. Um, but these herbs were like not actually safe. We would not use these herbs today. So these are not used in modern flying ointments, but flying ointments were used to like reach this psychedelic effect, maybe have hallucinations. Um, but basically some like husbands 
found out that their wives were like putting this flying ointment on the end of their broomstick. They're like, what? What could this mean? We don't understand the female anatomy. They must be like straight riding through the night. This ointment helps them fly. They're witches. Anyway, interesting thought. Um, but that's basically the, they were just having sex toys. That's literally all it was. <laughs> like, it was just a crazy good time, you know? Um, I will say I've found a couple of recipes for flying ointment. I've never made any or never tried any, but I think it's interesting. Um, and I definitely would. A lot of modern flying ointments have cannabis in them to kind of help you have a bit of a, you know, THC. It's not a psychedelic response by any means, but a little bit of a relaxation. And um, yeah, you can use it internally as like a sex thing, or you can use it just like as kind of a meditation solve or something. Um, so that's definitely changed. That's a huge thing that's changed. It's no longer toxic. Please don't use toxic herbs. Um, I don't know exactly what they used. I just know that it was not good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the history of women on broomsticks, women flying. And I think that's so funny that men were like, man, what's happening? So you know, in conclusion with that, I, I do think sex magic is a lot more common today than it was ever because we've just had a lot of sexual liberation recently. Um, we understand the female anatomy on a cultural level so much more. And uh, we're just like constantly improving with that. So I think it's, I think it's, you know, booming. So a couple of little things. I just want to put one little disclaimer in about sex magic. Um, it, it is a lot of things, but it is not okay to use it to override consent. And I don't think you guys are who I need to be telling this to. I trust that you guys are very amazing witches. You are good witches. You are bad bitches. And you absolutely respect consent. Um, but I think everybody should be aware. Sex magic is portrayed in cultures a lot. Um, you know, if we, I just recently watched The Love Witch. It was one of the best movies I've ever seen. I love it very much. Um, and I, I just, I don't think that, I mean, consent is very important and you should not do a spell on somebody to get them to have sex with you, okay? That is not okay. That is not good witch, bad bitch approved. It's not cute. And it's just not okay. You can absolutely do a spell to make yourself more attractive, thus attracting more partners, but it's not anyone's place to decide somebody else's consent. Well, like I said, I don't think I need to preach that to you guys. I think you guys are great. Um, but... I don't know. If anyone tells you that you can use it to override consent, you should tell them to go fuck themselves and to not ever fucking do that. Not an okay thing to do. Consent is very important in witchcraft and outside of witchcraft. And yeah, that's the end of that rant. So we talked about sex magic, what it is, what it isn't, a bit of the history. Let's get into the sacred enchantress. Who is she? What does she do? So I kind of think that the sacred enchantress is when sex magic meets glamour magic, okay? I think it's a bit more glamour magic than anything because I don't think the sacred enchantress needs to do, um, she doesn't need to 
do anything sexual. She is like an energy. She's an archetype, an aura that anybody can um, take over. So long before Christianity was a thing, female sexuality and sexual acts were considered incredibly sacred. There was a common tradition of sacred prostitutes that uh, – they were, they were high members of the church. They were very well respected. They were considered like these divine, beautiful beings that can help raise your vibration. Um, super, super well respected. Um, we love to see it. We are very pro-sex work here, as you guys know. Um, so what does it mean to be a sacred enchantress? A sacred enchantress is to be powerful and to stand holy in your divinity. Holy as in like whole yourself completely. It's using your feminine powers and your feminine mystique for good. It's also rejecting the idea that you need to be modest and quiet to be respected. It's realizing that you're, you are whole already and that pleasure and respect is your birthright. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? The sacred enchantress is honestly the embodiment of good witch, bad witch energy, in a sense. Um, now, I wanted to share with you guys a little bit, because I mentioned in a past podcast about my time as a stripper, and I wanted, I want to share about it more, and a lot of people were interested in it. So let's talk about my first experience when I met the sacred enchantress in myself. And of course, that happened when I became a dancer. Um, if you guys have questions about my experience as a dancer, you can let me know if you're interested in like a full Q&A video. I can do that. Uh, there's lots, 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 many stories, lots of things to say. I spent about two years as a dancer and it's something that I hold with me forever. And I don't know, once a stripper, always a stripper is what I say. Um, so in this time, I realized that sexual expression is healing, like all caps, healing, so healing. I realized that the darkest and most hidden parts of society are oftentimes the exact place that we need to go to heal our deepest wounds. Um, so firstly, it wasn't until then that I realized how powerful it was to benefit from society's over-sexualization of the female body. Now let me explain because that might sound weird. But basically, throughout this time, I became best, best friends with my coworkers and, you know, I got to know them and I realized how silly and normal they were. You know, it's just literally your absolutely normal girls um, that you'd find in college like your friends always it's just they're just just like you just normal girls but the second that they would step on the stage glamour magic and all because there's a fuck ton of glamour magic behind stripping um they were a pure money magnet simply for being a woman they could literally just stand there existing as they are in their natural form not doing anything and men would give them hundreds of dollars it's it's an amazing thing to exist and be worshipped for it in a safe and beneficial environment. That's very important. And so kind of as I started my journey dancing, it was then that I realized the absolute power that the female body has over the world. You know, 
Beyonce said, who runs the world? Girls. And she was fucking right. Okay. When we are able to take a society who constantly sexualizes us and turn the table by owning our own bodies and profiting off ourselves and our own boundaries, that's when the patriarchy has a problem and starts to spread anti-sex work propaganda. Patriarchy, society, they want us to be sexualized, but they want to profit off of it while oppressing us and telling us that it's wrong. So support your sex workers, okay? Um, you know, if somebody is in a safe, consensual, all-adult area and they decide they want to profit off of literally existing in their body, totally, hell yeah, fucking go for it. And you don't have to, like, be a sex worker to, quote, profit. You know what I mean? Um, you can profit in a non-monetary way. You can profit emotionally, right, by um, fully embracing yourself in your truest natural sense. So many of us have a lot of, like, hatred towards our naked bodies, which is horribly, um, it's a horrible side effect of society. But, you know, by like fully owning your full self, naked and all, you can absolutely emotionally profit off of that. Um, you know, there are different, there are different ways to profit, quote unquote. Um, I'm just using my experience as a sex worker because, um, Honestly, I was a sex goddess and a healer in those stilettos, <laughs> okay? Um, something I want to talk about with that, uh, I guess like a little bit more specific, I guess I should start with most dancers will talk about how the VIP room, you know, is not what most people think. And I will tell you guys, when I first started, my sister-in-law was a dancer. And of course, I had all of society's beliefs and stuff in my head. So I was like, okay, but like what goes on in a VIP room? Like, like, I don't want to have to like do anything. Like what goes on? She was like, it's literally just a dance. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, I feel, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like something scary goes on. Um, it is just a dance most times. <laughs> no hate to full service sex workers, but in my experience, um, physically it was just dances, but it emotionally is not what you might think, okay? Uh, so I personally worked near a military base and oftentimes men would buy a VIP room, which is very expensive, but they would not want a lap dance. They would want to be heard. They would literally just want to be listened to. Um, a lot of these men were very, very alone. Like physically, they were far away from home and emotionally they didn't have anybody and a lot of them were very very depressed um i mean it when i say as a stripper i did way more for the military than the va ever did uh like i i really think that i saw firsthand how healing it can be um i mean like i had men pay me very generously just to talk to them and just to listen so many of them were very depressed and maybe had PTSD or just had really, I heard some really crazy stories about their jobs and what they did every day. And they looked forward to going to the strip club to heal. 
So why is that? Well, I think that there is something intrinsically healing about women. We hold space for those who need it. Our bodies regenerate life. I think that the sacred enchantress harnesses the sexual energy, the healing energy, and the wisdom energy of the triple moon figure. Um, And I don't want this to sound like only cis women can be sacred enchantresses because that is not at all true. Um, I am just using the, like, I think that we have images in our head of, I guess what I should be saying is like uh, female identifying or female presenting people. It like triggers this emotional response of healing because we associate the female body or femme presenting bodies to like hold this space, to have this like intrinsic nurturing to them. Um, The sacred enchantress does a lot. (laughs) Like I said, harnessing sexual energy, harnessing healing energy and the wisdom energy. The sacred enchantress can also heal others by opening them up to their own sexuality. They can heal by inspiring others to release sexual shame and repression, by encouraging safe sexual expression, and so much more. You know, when we see, when we heal our own, you know, uh, like wounds around repression and sexuality, And then we see someone who's like super like in the sacred enchantress vibe that inspires us, right? Like that inspires us to own our shit. Um, I hope that's something that like I can offer to people. They can see that it's not like I don't have fear explaining sexuality and sex magic and my time as a professional sacred enchantress. Like it's exciting. It's something that was really amazing and fun and it really eye-opening and I think I think through my experience I gained a deeper connection to the goddess and divine feminine energy um because it was really just this insane transformation of realizing how sacred the feminine body is and by by like patriarchy and the society trying to shame women for their body they've done it in such a piss poor job that it's like allowed us to man i don't even know how to like how to explain this in words i only have it in vibes by the repression of the female sexuality that they've done they have like created this energy buildup that is now happening as as so many women are going through this transformation and releasing their shame and guilt around sexuality and owning their bodies, it has, because we've had all that oppression and repression, once we open up, we realize how liberating it is. And it's huge energy transformation. So because of all the repression they've done, as these women are like waking up to their intrinsic female power, it's 10 times more powerful 
Do you know what I mean? I know that was like a weird way to say that, but I hope that came off true. So in conclusion, <laughs> there is some deep, deep power in sex magic and in the archetype of the sacred enchantress. Um, sex magic is this amazing tool for manifesting and spell work. Whereas the sacred enchantress is this divine feminine archetype of pure power and sovereignty. And it's amazing. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I have to say. I think I hope you guys enjoyed. Let me know if you have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram or anything. Um, this is a topic I'm very interested in. Uh, I'd love to do videos on my YouTube about it or talk even more about it. Um, I have some friends on Instagram. I met this one fellow witchy, witchy entrepreneur, and she was also, uh, she also used to be a dancer. And so I want to like collab with her sometime and talk about our experience. I think that'd be really fun. Um, but I encourage you guys to research a little bit if sex magic is interesting to you. Um, I mean, this was a nice little intro introduction to it, but uh, Sex Witch by Sophie St. Thomas is a wonderful book. I've been reading it, almost finished it. Um, and Witches, Sluts, Feminist is a great book if you're getting interested in like the history of repression and like, you know, understanding some things. It really opened my eyes to a lot. And um, yeah, I, I think that's all. I think that's all I have to say. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your February. And um, yeah, reminder, 11% uh, off my astrology love compatibility readings. And I will maybe, wink, wink, be doing a full moon in Leo masterclass group ritual. I don't know what to call it yet. Um, so yeah, <laughs> anyway, I will talk to you guys later. I hope you enjoyed. Um, if you like this podcast, please feel free to support me on Patreon where you'll get tons of extra goodies and follow me on YouTube and Instagram and all that good stuff to keep up with all the good witch, bad bitch goodness happening. So Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I will see you all later. Bye.